This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Storm Center. I'm your host, John K. Once again, joined by Drew Everhart. I was going to try and think of a word, but nothing really good came to mind. So, yeah, we are here. It is Monday at 8.30 at night because there's no sporting events going on for like what seems like the one time this week because it's raining. Right. So, we're going to get this thing in. Drew, how are you doing? Not too bad. I think I said this last week. Weekends are getting a little too short. Weeks are getting way too long at this point. But, you know, we got three weeks left, so I'm excited for it. Yeah, we both have bad cases of senioritis, and I'm the only one that's a senior here. So, <laughs> Drew, you're going to have to pick it up, my guy. As as Drew alluded to, though, busy, busy week in the sports realm here at Trine University. Not that any week isn't at this point. Drew, I'll let you kick it off as you have found out quickly there are 14 sports going on concurrently right now yeah and uh we have our hands full so i'll let you get started with your side of things all right so we're gonna start out with men's track and field they went to depaul university shout out to depaul my cousin went there don't doubt she's listening but shout out to them tell her to listen now i will tell her to listen and tell her friends to listen even though they don't go here yep but um they finished first of five teams Posting a score of 199 points to take first, Wabash College with 167 with second, and Rose Holman coming a third, 147 and a half. Really, the only uh, thing that stood out to me is that trying swept the top three spots in 100 meter dash with sophomore Will Tone finishing first with a time of 10.99. And then fellow sophomore Ben Williams also with a 10.99, but given second by judges. And then senior Jacob Root placing third with a time of 11.03. Their next meet, they have a whole slate of them, all at the Gina Relays at Hillsdale College on the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. Then we go to women's track and field. They finished third of four at the DePaul Invitational. Uh, Really, the only – well, here's the scores – uh, had trying a score of 150 for third. DePaul won the meet with 190 and a half, and Rose Holman finished with 151 and a half. So very close. It was up. It was kind of a tie up for second. It was anyone's track. I almost said ball game, but they're just <laughs> anybody's <laughs> track meet. Yeah, anybody's track meet. Um, Thunder really did well in the field events. We had three winners, including one multi-event winner. With Valley o- Valerie Obear, which I'm assuming is why she won the MIAA Women's Outdoor Track and Field Field Athlete of the Week. That is a long title. Hopefully, they don't have a trophy for they, that. They need an abbreviation. Yeah, honestly. But Obear, she won both the shot put and the hammer throw. And then, who was the other winner? The other event one was by freshman Haley Livingston. You'll be hearing her name quite a bit over the next few years here. She won the long jump with a leap of 16 feet, 10.75 inches. Huh. 
Yeah, it's a long one. Quite quite close to flying territory there, I, if I had to uh, imagine. Yeah, honestly. Quite the jump. So next we will go to men's tennis. Over the past couple of weeks, they past week they split for winning on the 14th against Albion 5 to 4, really close one there, and then they lost to Hope 9 to 0 unfortunately. And their next meets are they have the 24th at no, not at. They're at home against Olivet. And the, Al, the Albion one was really close. All the games were not all the sets, matches, I don't know, tennis that well. But they were really close, always, almost always within three. And Hope uh, came out and they did their thing against Trine on the 17th. So we'll see if Trine can really turn around after that loss. Moving on to women's tennis. 13th they played Albion. They swept winning 9-0, to but then unfortunately – same as the men's team, lost to Hope 9-0 to on the 17th. And pretty much same outcomes as the Hope for the men. Just flip them for trying winning against Albion, and then it's the same for Hope beating Trine. And then we'll move on to baseball. Had two series against Olivet this weekend on the 17th and the 18th. First two at Olivet. Both losses, four to two and five to four, and then the 18th they won in two very convincing fashions, with 14 to zero in the first game and 14 to two in the second game. Their next games are 24th and 25th. 24th they go to Albion, and 25th will be at Shive Field. That's not right, is it? No, no. no. Jannonfield. 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 Shive is Shive's football stadium. Football. I'm close. It's close enough. Like we said, it's 8:30. It's been a long day here. It has, but the uh, first game where all of it won four to two. Trying still had some solid hitting. AJ Mitchell with two doubles. Brandon Warner with one. AJ Mitchell with an RBI. And Brandon Warner also with an RBI. And when it comes to pitching. Josh, I again, I apologize. Hugoworth. Hugoworth. I apologize to everyone that I get their name wrong. But um, Hugoworth got the start. Drew Kevulak given the loss where both of them only combined for seven strikeouts and four earned runs. Then in the second game against Albion, a little closer, five to four. Kurt, Corey Erb scoring with two with two doubles, A.J. Mitchell with an RBI, Daniel Rumberger with two RBIs. Pitchers, Connor Dove given the start, pitch five, 5.2 innings, three strikeouts, two earned runs. Bryce Blood given the loss, only, only pitching, uh, .2 innings, zero strikeouts, and one earned run. Then we go to home. These games were... These games look a lot more interesting. John, I wish I would have been there, but unfortunately I have a lot of projects to do. So Don't worry. I called you out on the broadcast about it, so you're good. You Everybody didn't. knows. You did not. <laughs> I did. I said you hung me out to dry because of school. How dare you. So, honestly, I'm putting the blame on the school, but uh, okay. <laughs> you know, I don't think I'm supposed to say that on here, so that'll probably get cut out. <laughs> I love you, Tron University. <laughs> 
So when it comes to the first game of Sunday, 14-0, trying one. A.J. Mitchell with with a double, Adam Stefanelli with a double, and Dalton Niekirk with a double as well. A lot of RBIs going on. Jack Conley with three, Shane Devine with one, A.J. Mitchell with three, Matt Weiss with two, Quinn Falkworth. Falkworth, thank you, with one, and Joe Fiorucci with one. And then Adam Wheaton pitching all seven innings with only getting five hits, zero earned runs, only walking one and striking out ten, which is why I would assume that he won the MIAA Pitcher of the Week. Pretty, we pretty solid guess there. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> then we go to the second game where Trine won 14-2. to Jack Conley with a double, A.J. Mitchell with a double, and Gary DiMartino with a double. Jack Conley with a triple. Again, a lot of RBIs. Jack Conley with two. Shane Devine with three. A.J. Mitchell with three. Brendan Warner with three. Not Brendan Warner with one, sorry. Gary DiMartino with one. Adam Stefanelli with two. Dalton Niekirk with one. And Matt Weiss with one as well. Drew Bradford with a start hand, and he is credited with the win. Pitching four innings with two earned runs, five five walks, and two strikeouts. All pitchers combined for four strikeouts. Now we'll move on to men's lacrosse. Only had one game over the past week, and that was at Calvin. They lost 15-5. to And we had Matt Zanicelli of two goals. I believe he led the way with two goals. Yes, he did. Then Jack Konachek with with one, Klein Burkholder with one, and Noah Marcus with one. Kind of had a slow game after the last week of what he had, like, ten goals it seemed like. And their next game will be at home on the tomorrow, actually, at 7 o'clock versus Calvin. Well, today, when everybody's listening to this. Yeah, when everyone's Hopefully, listening. Hopefully. You better be listening to this on Tuesday. If not, I'm going to be hurt. Yeah. <laughs> then we go to women's lacrosse. Two games in the past week. First one at home against Kalamazoo. Unfortunately, taking a loss 22-15. to And... And unfortunately, to another loss on Saturday against Calvin, eighteen to fourteen. A lot of high-scoring games in women's lacrosse. Man, I should probably go watch them sometime. It yeah. seems like a fun game. I'm, I'm too. I've been, I'm busy, but I watched one last year, and yeah, we or two years ago, two years ago at this point, a lot of talented goal scorers on that women's lacrosse team. And I'll have to check them out next year because the only games left are. On the 24th, where they go to Hope for the MIAA tournament. Time is to be announced. But we move on to the first game, Kalamazoo at Trine. Kalamazoo winning 22-15, of course. For Trine, got a lot of goals here. Danielle Gargiulo leading away with five goals. Alyssa Kepner coming right up behind her on with four. Uh, Kristen John with two. Kristen... Ginnon, I apologize again, with two. Liv Gent also with two. And that will be all the goal scorers in that game. And then for the second game, Calvin winning 18-14. We have Liv Gent with three. Ella Daughtery with two. Danielle Gargiulo with three. 
Kristen John with tying her for the lead with three. Kristen Guillen with two. Nikki Hibbler with one. So, John, let's hear about all your sports. There's a whole slew of them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and real quickly, touching back on that baseball game, um, once again, shout out to the baseball team. Started out slow this season, and they've won, I believe, four of their last seven. Yep. On, I mean, the two Olivet games on Saturday were tough losses and games that I'm sure if you talk to them, games that they'll say they should have won. Mm-hmm. And then they bounced back Sunday, and I think if they can keep the momentum going that they had with the bats, I mean, they just they looked really good hitting the ball on Sunday. Jake Conley really close to a cycle in game two, let it off of the triple and really got it going. Adam Stefanelli was huge in game one to get it started, had a double the lead off the second inning, I believe, and then ended up scoring. And then in the top half of the third, there was a runner on second, and A.J. Mitchell mishandled one at first and then went to flip it to Wheaton and in his rush, threw it over Wheaton's head, and Stefanelli came charging in like it was a bunt laying dead in the grass <laughs> to the right side of the mound, barehanded it, and threw it home as the runner was trying to score from second. <laughs> and got thrown out to end the inning. And I think that was a huge turning point in game one, and then try and just rode that wave the entire rest of the way. So hopefully baseball can just keep that wave going and turn it into a tsunami. In baseball and softball, there are those sports where really, really any sport, like being able to bounce back is huge, but it's more important in baseball and softball because that's a sport where you're playing teams multiple times in a row over a couple days. So it really is nice to see trying – Bouncing back after a rough day on Saturday and coming back on Sunday Absolutely. and just blowing them out. Yeah, good time Good time to get hot for the baseball team right in the middle of the season and get going towards the end of the year. And speaking of softball, 5-1 and one over the past week. Softball team has been incredible this season. I mean, we're running out of words to say yeah, honestly. with how good they are. Especially when we're on the broadcast. It's really tough. Yeah, I mean, I just... I'm at a loss for words. That team, yeah. I mean, like every time out, they just it. It seems like they get tougher and tougher and tougher, yeah. which has been incredible to watch. They're twenty-two and six on the season, eight and zero in conference, tied for the conference lead with Hope right now. But how they got there? They swept Calvin in a conference doubleheader on Wednesday. We had the call. They won both games five to two on the power of four home runs, score, scoring all ten of those runs over the two games set. Game one, Ashley Swartout and Amanda Prather homered. Swartout's was a grand slam that went about 212 feet to dead center. Yeah. But the scary part is, is it was a line drive. It was a liner. And Prather's, I think, was about 211 and a half feet yep. out to left field. And that was one that we didn't think was going to get out for a second. It no. was Launch yeah. angle was high on that one. <laughs> Launch angle of about 100 degrees. Just straight up. But that ball, I mean... We'll we'll get to more of Prather's exploits later in the week, but man, she has really turned it on here yeah. in the middle part of the season. Anna Keppel went five innings strong, giving up two runs and struck out three in that game. And then Adrian Rosie picked up the two out or the two out two inning save, striking out all six batters she faced. And it gets better. Game two, Lauren Clawson got the start, struck out eight over four innings giving up three hits and one run. She was relieved by Rosie, who would just come in and continue <laughs> flamethrowing. Um, but on the offensive side, Trine was no hit until the top of the fifth inning 
And I mean, that was that was one that as an announcer you're watching and it's like, man, they really need to get going. And I, yeah. I said it, I was like, they need a hit before they can score a run. You know, the old adage, hey, walk before you can run. Yeah. Well, they needed a hit before they could score. And Lexi Clark provided leading off the fifth with a single and was followed up by Ellie Trine hitting her first career home run, which was massive. Yep. Put the thunder up two to one. Then Calvin came back and knotted it up, scoring the first earned run of the season off of Adrian Rosie in her 10th appearance. But still insane. Which, yeah, <laughs> as a freshman, 10th, it takes until your 10th appearance to yep. have your first earned <laughs> run allowed. I mean, that's just insanity. And it would stay tied up until the top of the seventh when Amanda Prather with an oppo taco three run bomb. <laughs> yep. Puts the Thunder up 5-2 to two for good, and Rosie, you know, yeah, light work in the bottom half of the <laughs> inning. Um, then on Friday, big 10-1 to one win over Kalamazoo in game one of the day, and I don't even remember what they just called it. I was I just saw the name of the article, those three game sets oh, uh, that everybody hates. Something about a triangle. Try, try something. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, trying one game one hosting beating Kalamazoo 10 to 1. They picked up 8 of those 10 runs in the bottom of the 4th inning. Kalamazoo led in the 1st, but that's all they would get. Bailey Vandegeesen would hit a 2-run homer to put the Thunder head and then in the 4th inning it was game on as Swartout and Trine added homers and Adrian Rosie picked up the win going 5 runs, giving up one hit and one run that run unearned, striking out four more hitters. And then in the third game of the day, which we called, which mm-hmm. was the Calvin game, they dropped a tough one, 7-3. to three. Lexi Clark put the Thunder ahead early with an RBI single, but Calvin fought back and led 5-1 to one before Bailey Vandegeesen had a two-run double, trying to seem to have some momentum going. But that Calvin pitching staff, man, they're really good. They are. That's a tough one to go against. Really? It, I mean, just they have three workhorses and Ellie Borst was a problem yeah all week long in those three games but in the first two games that mattered i'll say they mattered because they were conference, conference games yeah um try and figured her out but were unable to on friday as they would cut the lead to two but that's as close as they would get calvin would extend the lead with two more in the top of the sixth to win seven to three then Saturday, they picked up two more wins as they traveled to Olivet in another one of those triangle games, beating Olivet in a non-conference game and then St. Mary's in a conference game. And, I mean, it was a beatdown in both affairs <laughs> as Trine wins game one 15 to nothing. Amanda Prather, I wrote Stellar to describe this game. I think I need to find another word. Yeah, we need to get a thesaurus. Um, if you're not sitting down, you might want to. How about three for four with a home run, two RBI or two doubles? Excuse me, seven RBIs. Can't get the two and seven mixed up. Um, Ellie Trine picked up three more. Mercedes Darty had two. Taylor Murdoch and Giselle Riley also added RBIs. Lauren Clausen bounced back from a difficult outing in the Friday game against Calvin to throw a gem three-hit shutout. And then in game two, Darty would jump the yard for her fourth homer of the year and drive in three runs. Lexi Clark added two RBIs. And then 
Ellie Trine, Scarlett Elliott, and Maddie Flick also had some input in the RBI, RBI section as Anna Keppel picks up her eighth win of the year with a complete game shutout. Adrian Rosie, as we talked about, MIAA Pitcher of the Week. She was... I, I, I don't <laughs> no, even no know. Words. <laughs> I don't even know. I have no words. Um, man, her stat line for the week is game-breaking. Three appearances, 2-0, and one save, 10 innings pitch, 16 strikeouts, a .70 ERA. She only gave up two runs. One of them was earned. Right. I mean, just... Wow. Wow. Well-deserved. And uh, the first of many, I would assume. I mean... I would, yeah. I mean, she's probably going to be fighting Clawson and Keppel and all the other young pitchers because they all have just been phenomenal this yeah. year. I mean, you don't get to 22-6 and six on accident, <laughs> no. especially with especially being 8-0 in the conference. That, Like I said, that Calvin matchup was tough, but this team, they pl- play really well from behind. Mm-hmm. And that's dangerous when you get to tournament time because that's a team that no matter what, they're not going to hang their head. It doesn't matter how many runs they're down by. Right. So moving over to the pitch, men's soccer on the 13th faced off against Albion in the conference game and came away with a 1-0 win. Tyler Murphy had the lone thunder goal on an efficient one shot thanks to a free kick, his third of the season. Troy Saylor had an easy day in net, only having to face two shots, stopping both of them. Then on Friday, the Thunder pick up another win as this time it comes against Alma 3-0, their third straight shutout win to end the regular season. Huge momentum going forward into the tournament, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Colin Nikoski got the party started for the Thunder, scoring in the 36th minute, being assisted by Tyler Murphy and Al Hassan Yaya. If I mess that up, I apologize. I like Drew. I am terrible with names. <laughs> Go back and watch the old softball video. <laughs> You'll find out. <laughs> Uh, and then Yaya, not satisfied with just an assist, he adds a goal three minutes later. And it says in the seventh minute, but that's incorrect. I think it's like the 67th minute in the second half. Brandon Murphy would net his first goal of the year. Sailor and Luis Rodriguez would split, split time in the net with Sailor facing the only shot that the Scots would get on target. Trying now 9-4 and four on the year and 4-3 and three in conference, which is good enough for the fourth seed in the upcoming tournament. Women's soccer, they had a tough week, which will be end-capped, sadly, by a loss in the MIAA tournament to Kalamazoo. We'll get the final score on that as that just went final. But the Thunder... Lost one to nothing to Albion. They spent a lot of time on the defensive end. They faced 21 total shots, nine of those on goal, but still tough when you're facing that many shots. And then they lost game two of the week to Alma, four to one, as Olivia Argentieri had the lone thunder score. I believe that's how that's pronounced. Again, if I pronounce it wrong, feel free to yell at me on Twitter. Um, and then sadly being shut out by Kalamazoo in the first round of the MIAA Conference Tournament, 4 to nothing, allowing three goals in the second half. It was tight at halftime. Kalamazoo only led by one, but then a really quick goal into the second half spelled trouble for the Thunder. And hopefully in the fall they can get some redemption 
and come back and have a good fall season. It's got to be so weird playing in the spring right now. Yeah, very unsettling and tough circumstances to play under. I have an immense amount of respect for all the athletes. Oh, absolutely. For doing it. I mean, I don't know if I'd have been able to make the adjustment and play well. So, to all, I mean, to everybody that's playing, everybody's playing at a high level. I mean, shout out to all the athletes yeah. that are – you're making our job hard right now, but, <laughs> I mean, it's not really your fault. I'll blame Matt no. Land. I don't think I don't think Coach Land listens to this, but if he does, I'm in trouble. Um, but yeah, shout out to all the athletes. We appreciate you guys. We honestly, we I wouldn't have a job if it weren't for you guys. So thank you so much. Yeah, I'd be sitting in my room all day if it wasn't for them. So shout um, out. But continuing on, men's golf. They had a great week. Placed second at their home Invitational. Freshman Mark Savanich. Again, apologies. Uh, shot a 71 to help propel the Thunder to a second-place team finish and tied for second overall in the field with that 71. Then they picked up a win in the Calvin Spring Invitational, led once again by Savanich and Jack Brocky as they both shoot 75s, leading the team and scoring third overall in the field. Women's Volleyball... Fell to the hands of Albion to end the regular season three three sets to none, making their record seven and four on the year and three and four in conference, which lands them tied for fourth in the conference thanks to a three to two win over Alma earlier this year. It gives the Thunder the edge over the Scots going into their tournament matchup, giving them home court in a four five matchup. And then rounding out the week, we have football last game for this senior class. It's been a very successful senior class, two MIAA championships, their first two seasons, a rocky season last year, and then obviously COVID threw things way out of whack this right. year, only getting to play four games. Going 4-1, and one, though, 2-1 and one in, the con- in the conference, making the most of the season. Shout out to my guys on the offensive line, Eric yeah. Peters, uh, Noah Meeker, and Nicholas LaFountain came in, and I played with those guys for like six weeks before, you know. <laughs> I wasn't fit for college football. Um, but great group of guys, all the seniors on the football team, yeah. just a great bunch. Shout out to Ryan Hibbets trying to chase his dream and get to the NFL. He's really good kicker, mm-hmm. can hit from 50 yards with ease. If there's any NFL scouts listening, watch the tape. Yeah. Um, but, man, 36-21 win over Olivet. That's huge. Alex Price, have a day, young fella. 16 for 25, 331, and two touchdowns to one interception in an aerial assault. Zane Kirby added 90 yards rushing and a touchdown along with Devontae Jones finding Pater. Brandon Klein and Connor Arthur were the recipients of Price's monster day with Klein snagging five passes for 110 yards and a touchdown and Arthur adding four grabs for 91 yards and another score. Hibbets, as we talked about, went three for three on field goals, hitting from 48 yards. And then Kyle Nafe led the defense with seven tackles, and Angel Angel Sanchez added a pick. And as we talked about, Trinens 4-1 on the year. A tough spring, a couple of cancellations would have added to, the, added to the win total as that team started to roll in the second home game Yeah, after being tripped up by Albion. And that's a game that at halftime they could have won but came out a little flat in the second half. But they figured things out the next week, picking up a big win and then having the third and final home game canceled. 
Um, but yeah, once again, a shout out to the athletes and showing off what it's all about being an athlete, showing off the mental toughness that goes along with being an athlete and really a shout out to the whole university. Yeah. I mean, you hear so much about, especially at the, at the football games, coach Ebbs is, uh, hype video mm-hmm. opportunity is either now here or it's nowhere. And yep. Matt land talks so much about us being leaders as a university. And I think this year that we've done a really good job of that. Yeah. And we have a couple of weeks left, but I mean, we've done a good job of showing the country that yeah, even though we're in the midst of this wild time that we can get through anything. Um, so moving on new segment this week, no better time than the end to, you know, break out a new segment, <laughs> but, um, athletes of the week. So me and drew talked pre-show picked out a male and female athlete of the week and honorable mentions. It was tough. It was tough. Um, we had to add the honorable, honorable mentions. Wow. Words are hard. Um, almost as hard as this decision was. Yeah. Uh, it was incredible. A lot of really good performances this week on the men's side of things. We're giving it to Alex price, 16 to 25 through the air, three, 331 yards, a career high, two touchdowns. The career high was 331 yards. He's thrown for three touchdowns before, I believe. Yeah. Uh, only one interception. Honorable mention, Adam Wheaton, 2-0, 13 innings pitched, 16 strikeouts. Two huge wins for the Thunder. They mm-hmm. were struggling going into the Kalamazoo series. I believe he picked up a save in that series also, but they're not counting that as part of this week. Um, Just massive. Yeah. Massive week for adam wheaton and trying baseball and then on the women's side of things man (laughs) we almost got in a fist fight over this one yeah pretty much (laughs) um women's athlete of the week goes to adrian rosie miaa pitcher of the week honors also three appearances two and oh one save 10 innings pitched 16 strikeouts and i mean it took 10 games to get it but yeah. gave up her first earned run on the season i mean i it doesn't get much better for a freshman i mean it's just pure dominance yeah and if you watch her if you watch her pitch all the confidence in the world she yeah. might as well be a senior yeah in the circle i mean it's just incredible and then the honorable mention made a really good case for <laughs> miaa offensive hey. player of the week if you're yeah. listening out there in the miaa office <laughs> Uh, funny story, I got into it with one of the really, really higher-ups in the MIAA at uh, the basketball conference tournament my, like, sophomore year. Oh, man. I remember yep. hearing that over, story. Over a backcourt violation that was not called. Um, and I was working camera that game. So I got into it with, like, I think she said she was a vice uh vice president or something like that and i was like why are you taking pictures of this game (laughs) and i only found out when it came to the miaa yeah that was sophomore year i only found out when we got to the miaa conference tournament for softball and she was there also and she goes oh loudmouth camera boy and i was like oh miaa lady what's up (laughs) yep fun stories nothing like getting an argument with a random lady who just happens to turn out to be you know happens to powerful figure yeah happens to have quite a bit of power um but yeah if anybody from the miaa is listening amanda prather 438 average on the week 
three home runs, two doubles, thirteen RBIs, six walks and or four walks and six runs. Also seven RBIs in one game, yeah, which seven, we already seven RBIs in the one game snubbed. Yeah, I'm gonna say it snubbed. Snub. Hashtag snubbed. Yep. Um, and then looking forward to next week, men's soccer takes on Olivet in round one of the MIAA tournament. They're one and zero against the against the Comets, winning three to nothing in their lone matchup. Men's golf travels to Kalamazoo for the Kalamazoo College Invitational Wednesday. Then Saturday will compete in the Alma Invitational. Hopefully the weather that's supposed to be rolling in holds off. I guess it's supposed to snow tomorrow. Yeah, it's not. It's not why. Um, women's golf will take place in the Calvin Invitational on Saturday the 24th to wrap up their season. Uh, the last time they were at Calvin in the fall, they placed first out of three teams, so hopefully they can get back to that. And then women's volleyball, as we talked about earlier, they take on Alma in the MIAA Volleyball Tournament, a four seed looking to win that matchup. And then I believe they play the one seed is how the bracket's styled, if I remember correctly. I'm probably wrong, but we'll have it for you next week. Yep. And uh, softball Thursday. Yeah, Thursday they take on Olivet in a doubleheader to make up for the games that would be be playing be being played right now if we weren't recording. And then they battle Adrian at home on Saturday. Drew and Andy will have the call as I'll be out of town for some internship stuff. And then... They travel to Alma on Sunday, hopefully winning all those games and hopefully. setting up setting up a big-time matchup with Hope for uh, a possible regular season conference tournament win and then hosting, mm-hmm. a, hosting a tournament, which would be awesome. That'd yep. give me a chance to call some more softball. I yep. really, really enjoy watching that team and baseball. I have, I have baseball games to work, though, so yeah. I'm good on that front, too. <laughs> I'm covered. All my... <laughs> As some may say, all my bases are covered, and I can't wait to get roasted for saying that. <laughs> You're gonna get so much crap for that. Yeah, that's okay. I'm good with it. Um, but yeah, any final thoughts, Drew? After this uh, hectic week and finding out that you know there was a million sports being played that we didn't even know about. Um, no, just check out every sport that's available on the Triumph Broadcasting Network. They're all fun to watch, and. Yeah, that's about all I got to say. <laughs> like, we're lost for words on about everything at this point. Yeah, this week uh, melted my brain, and I have final projects and papers, and oh my god, I'm falling apart. Um, yeah, yeah, that's all I've got, too. Once again, shout out to all the athletes. You guys make our job so much easier. We'll try harder to have an interview next week. Scheduling is going to be hard, but we'll figure it out. Make sure to follow Trine Broadcasting Network on Twitter at Trine Broadcast. Follow my guy Drew on Twitter at DEverHeart00. Follow me on Twitter at TheRealJohnK underscore. If you hear this and your name was mispronounced, please feel free to reach out to us. We're always, always willing to learn, and we want to make sure that we get everybody's name right. I mean, yeah. that's a lot. I mean, I have an easy last name, so I don't have to worry about it, but yeah. I would imagine that it's really tough having a hard last name and then, you know, finding out, you know, having a good week and then being shouted out. Yep. So, yeah, feel free to reach out to us and uh, have a wonderful week. Enjoy the weekend. Stay safe. And we'll talk to you guys next week.
for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.